Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I'm sitting across the table. You know, I'd ask you for a cup of ego, but I don't think you could spare it, Mr. Shane Reeves. He, he almost lost it. He was he was doing good, and then he started losing his train of thought and all. But so. Big With three, friends like these. Big three-year anniversary show tonight. This is our three-year anniversary, and I cannot think of a better way to celebrate than with our guest. No, it's, it's just karma. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Jim Labriola. Wow. That was, you know what? I feel great. And, and I just want you to know, I am on it. I can't believe you guys got me here for the third anniversary. Did, and did the check clear? No, not yet. Oh, okay. But uh, and how about the, listen, the plane, the limo I sent to the airport? I would do. It was a little dirty. It's but uh, and I mean this from my heart, folks out there listening. These guys are great, and the only reason I, I'm here tonight doing this, ten thousand. But um, <laughs> <laughs> for sponsorship info, contact. Yeah. And by the way, Trey, wonderful guy. You, did you enjoy that? How he opens the show so smooth. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. 15 takes, folks. I want you to know it took him 15 takes. He's in rare form tonight. It's usually a little long. Exactly. Uh, But I I am honored to be here with you guys. I always have a great time. It's a great show. There are few people in the world who enter a building the way that you do. And it's nothing that you do. It's the fact that everybody is always so happy to see you. Wow. Hold on. Let me call my wife. <laughs> yeah, say that again. Yeah, don't worry. You get it on recording. Yeah, yeah you'll get it on now, recording. You didn't include her in this. Yeah. But no, well, no, I did. I felt that last night when yeah, I came I, into town. I did. I got to say. Shane did the research on this ahead of the show after we knew we were going to have you on. And this is episode 156. It's our three-year anniversary. The last time we had you on was episode... 73. 73. A wow. year and a half ago. Wow. It's been that long. It's been yep. that long. And honest to God, I feel like we did it... Like, yesterday yeah oh yeah wow it's That's... just it's evergreen wow but okay let's first yeah. get our let's get our cigars <laughs> lit. i'm still stuck I'm, on evergreen Hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for the cigar i brought for jimmy yes I'm, you told me don't do so it i, I, want you to I have this. never seen so i've been watching i'm gonna hold you off just a second i've been watching a lot of uh, comedians and cars getting coffee i don't know if you've seen that the seinfeld uh, web yeah, show it's hard to sit through sometimes yeah. but go ahead no i'm kidding uh, jerry's a nice guy i know him personally one of the wonderful things, man one of the things i love about that show I'm sorry, Jerry. What were you saying? No. Yeah, you think he listens to this nah, after all guy. the bits he does about how much he hates smoking? Yeah. Uh, the, one of the things I love about that show is that every, the car he chooses is always representative of the guest he has yes. on the show. Yes. Much like the cigar that you picked. Oh, yeah. So I, I knew last night, I said, there's only one cigar that I can give Jim Labriola. Wow. And all. this is the original CAO Sopranos. That cigar is CAO Soprano. You're kidding me. Now, I, I know you tell everybody you were on the Sopranos, so I figured <laughs> I would go ahead and get you that cigar so wow. that you can just keep it, keep it going. What so, did we decide? Wow. It's about 12 years old now. 16, 16 years old. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't it's feel all, like smoking it, but I should smoke it. Yeah. It's a cigar almost old enough to smoke a cigar. Wow. <laughs> so that's well, really what me, I was guys, out to get remember you. Remember the rules? You sign. Oh, don't yeah. be funny in no, the gym. Don't be funny in comedian. Okay, so far you guys have been out. I, I get one joke. <laughs> you get, that was it. Okay. Good night. <laughs> You're done. Trey. 
What are you I, say I burned mine before we started recording. So. <laughs> well, we didn't have to worry about Trey getting so more than the, one joke. This is how old is this? Honestly? 16 years. So, so CAO is not even wow. in business anymore. General bought them. Right. A friend of ours that's a rep found a box of those in an old tobacco store in Georgia. And he came and told me about them because he knew I loved that cigar. And I wow. said, buy the whole box. And he bought the whole box for me. So I have a whole box. I have a half a box of those now. But that cigar is 16 years old before, since it hit the shelf. So it was probably a couple of years old before it hit that. So it's a cigar old enough to smoke oh a cigar. Oh, my goodness. So you got to laugh with that again. Would you stop it now? <laughs> You're killing me here. <laughs> Sorry. This uh, is 16. Do you mind if I light this right oh, now? Oh, Okay, means. folks. Now, listen, I'm going to be honest with you because I am an honest kind of guy. Since you when? Know, that's right. About 10 minutes ago. Okay. I just... I just, just had an epiphany. Yes, I did. <laughs> all right, don't use big words like epiphany with me, all right? I'm in Aries. Uh, hold on one second. Let's. <laughs> it's like watching a monkey make love to a football. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know what a monkey having sex with a football looks like? Sometimes you go to the zoo, you know, yeah. after hours. <laughs> You're you wearing your football costume. You learn things. <laughs> These guys are being funny to me tonight, but I love them. Listen, Listen do me a favor. Do you have the video? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hold on. It's behind a oh, paywall. Did you give me another lighter that you need a PhD to light? Well, do no, I, I think, do I just give I think he yeah, just, just ran out of like fuel. That. But I may, have, I may have ran out of fuel waiting for Trey to okay, get you on. hooked up on your cigar. All right, here we go. What uh, did I have to do with that? I don't know. I just felt like blaming <laughs> you for something tonight. I have not flipped you off in a very long time. Are you really? Holy cow, the flint just died. I'm going to have to so, use Trey slider. All right, Trey, so go I'm going to smoke the CAO session. So here's, here's the thing when we have such a great guest on where we didn't do any prep work. We, just, we knew that we were going to be able to carry it with just the conversation. I forgot to even pull this up. So I don't know, any, I don't know anything about it because I haven't memorized it yet. But you can look it up on the break. All right. But it's the CAO session. I've been looking forward to smoking the cigar well, for a while. I've heard great things about it. Well, you know, I've been promising to bring you one for a while, and I thought, well, tonight's a good night. Since Jimmy's smoking a CAO, I thought I would bring you a yeah, CAO. Yeah, it's all in the family. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm, I wheeled and dealed when I got to the shop. I had another cigar that I was actually going to smoke. Oh, yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys got Yeah, this is, yeah. This is smooth. And but are you getting almost, that? Almost, yes. Getting that, that sweetness? Yes. That's the word I was going to use. Yes. This yeah. is 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the original. There's no more of those being made. And all. that's probably the last one of those you'll ever get to smoke. Unless you come back. I got I got half a box I'll left. I'll come back. Yeah, just come we'll on back. We'll do show. two parts of the show, folks. <laughs> so I'm going to smoke the LFD 25th anniversary. And all. this is one. I got to the shop, and one of the guys here had just bought a box of these. And he and I were sitting there negotiating, so I traded him the cigar that I was gonna smoke for this cigar, because I well, thought because I didn't want to go buy one because I'm cheap. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a um, comes in one size only, seven by fifty-two. It's rolled with a Corojo wrapper, grown in Ecuador, along with binder and tobacco from the Gomez family in the Dominican Republic. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to see. It's a, lot, a little light for an LFD. I'm interested to see what the flavor is going to be. Interesting to see. Is that the only cigar that has Ecuadorian tobacco that they make? I, I think they're pretty much Dominican Puros across the line. Yeah, but they're called La Florida Dominicana. You would Wait, think that look would Look how be. smooth. It's got like a nice little kind of oily, just a little kind of, look how, look how on dry that is, how nice. And being Italian, we like anything that's got that little oily, kind of 
you know? This is a nice cigar. I never heard of this. Your pasta, well, your hair, everything. Everything. Just put a little Forget oil on how it. you do. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what I just realized with you two guys? What's that? I love you guys. It's so easy to do this with you guys. <laughs> I'm serious, man. You know, this is so easy to do this with you guys. You make it fun. Uh, I, you you got to go national with this. We, we got to. I'm telling you, this is this is a great, fun, educational show. For not only cigar smokers, but anybody that just wants to. Well, we've got to give you a little credit for that too. You make it so effortless. I there's something you know. We were here last night hanging out, and just the the fact that there there are certain people. Shane is one of these people as well, who can talk to a doorpost and right, and it's just and it's a conversation that's riveting. And some of the people we were sitting at the table with last night were a lot like. In my drunk days, I talked a lot of doorknobs. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. So, <laughs> um, but there's something about the type of being the type of person that can just always have the conversation. There's no lulls. It's just effortless and it's fun, and and I think that has a lot to do with it. You, you know, in my life, in my comedy, which I've done stand up for 35 years, and. and um, it, it just was a gift that came easy. It, you know, it's just, you, you know, it's like Colin Quinn and Richard Lewis and even Tim himself. Ray, I, I said what you have. If and you I, guys not, hear anything, that's the sound of all the names hitting the floor because he's dropping them. So <laughs> oh, and, uh, I, and my usher and my wedding, Michael Andretti, Mario Andretti's son. But anyway, hold on. I think I'm going to drop another one. But to make a short story longer, the, the thing I had that, Comics always, and you're not aware of it. We talked about it last night. Is that to be who you are up on stage is priceless. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's really not an act. You know what I mean? And the guys that can do that, and it just comes easy to me. Right. Like I walk in here, I see you guys. This to me, I've done a lot of things. I love this because yeah. I, I, I've done so much radio and and podcasts and stuff. This is fun. And talking. When do I get to talk about cigars? Oh, yeah. We, we get to cigars occasionally. And smoke one, a 16-year-old one, while you're doing it. Right. I mean, this is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Shane tried to do another podcast uh, at the beginning of last year, and he found that because he couldn't smoke a cigar, while well, he didn't have as much fun. Yeah, well, so, you know, I got my real estate license last year, and I, so I sell real estate now as well as do the house plans. And I said, well, I'll do a real estate podcast. But without the cigar, nah, yeah. it's, it's too much like work. No, nah, you, you know, it's it's funny thing is I remember most of my career I smoked on stage. That's how much times have changed. I couldn't do my act without without a uh, – Ron White still, he's got, he can't do his act without a cigar. So he gets special permits right. for every show he does. But this is so much fun to sit here. This I want to see be, how much red tape that writer took to get put together. <laughs> He probably, yeah, it's true yeah. in certain places. But the casinos are easy. Most yeah. of the casinos, because you can still smoke in casinos and stuff. But um, it, it, it's just to sit here and be able to, it's like when I go to Detroit, there's a place, I think it's called Churchill's, and it's a restaurant, one of still the best New York strips I've ever had, but it's a giant humidor where you smoke in the restaurant. They come and light it. It's, there's nothing better than you having this unbelievable you know, New York strip and smoking a beautiful cigar at the end of that. You can't help but feel like part of the Rat Pack when you're doing that. Oh, you know what killed me? I'm going to drop another little thing about when I played Carnegie Hall. You might have heard of it. little yeah. building. In How do you get there? Uh, Uncle Dom <laughs> picks the garbage up there and said, hey, you want this piled up five stories? Put my nephew on. And I was there four years ago. <laughs> so to make this short story longer than the other one, what I'm saying, 
you know what the most horrible part of that trip was when I did Carnegie in New York was you couldn't smoke nowhere. Couldn't smoke in the hotels, you couldn't smoke. One theater finally in Phoenix, uh, it was in Rhode Island, a real union place. And this was a 3,000 seater, and you know, I always carried my cigars with me. I got to, while well, before I had to go on, there was a little space in between buildings right back at the theater. And I'll always remember, it was like in between while the, the New York tenors were up, I was just out there smoking away, man. So that's one of the downfalls that I hated traveling was this place is in New York City where you can't even smoke outside in the park. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So I got to ask you this. Yeah. Who's the Carnegie most, Hall. Who's the most famous person you ever shared a cigar with? Wow, that's a great question. Besides myself? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Well, 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 present who's company the most famous person that shared a cigar with you? That's a great question. <laughs> well, I know Blake Clark that was on the show. He's done 22. He played Harry on the show. Big cigar smoker. We smoked, but wow. Who's the most... You know what I'd have to say right now? The last big guy I smoked and really enjoyed myself with was, oh, my, the football player when I was at the Andretti wedding. Uh, oh, gosh. We know it wasn't Tom Brady. He's in the Hall of Fame. No, he was in the Hall of Fame. He played for... God, I can't. Oh, you would Elway? Hold on a minute. I know he's he's got to look it up. He's a Hall of Famer, young guy. Still looks like he can play today. Wide receiver for. I'm trying to think. Was it for Jerry Rice? No, no, no. But it's famous. But I can't think of the team. It'll come to you. Yeah, when it'll it, come when to it comes me. to you, but, you just yell it but out. But he's while a, a Hall of Famer. That uh, I would say he's probably one of the. Yeah, well, it's it's always interesting because that's the one thing. If you're smoking with a Hall of Famer, if you're smoking with a famous comedian, or if you're smoking with a mold guy from Tennessee, mm. we're all the same. We're all holding the same stick. That is, that's why I love cigar bars or cigar shops. Like especially a place like this, it's family. And, yeah. and, and I tell you, I get I've done more business and contacts by just hanging out with people everybody want we're all into the same thing we just want to have a cigar have a little community talk yeah sometimes we just want to be away by ourselves put our headsets on and, and, and smoke so we're all there we don't want to yeah. we all have something in common that we enjoy that some people try to make into this you know oh this and that and you know tell george burns that guy smoked until he was 100 so to have a place like this is so good, which I miss now. Yeah. You know, my home in Sedona, I, I just, uh, there's nothing around there. You have to go into Phoenix and stuff, so I have to have to shift in. I, I wish I could take all you guys there with me. Cause it, it's one of the biggest things I miss is having this, yeah. our community here. Because the cigar is great. I love cigars. Yeah. But the cigars would not be half as enjoyable if it weren't for places like this, the local brick and mortar, the local shop where you get to interact with people. Right. Yes. And everyone's equal. Well, look, I haven't been here for this, the longest time I've been away. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, last night, it I was walked a in welcome. here. It, it really, I, I was actually emotionally touched by that. And uh, it was a phenomenal feeling. And then to have, you know, we planned this to have this it's your third anniversary. Yep, mm-hmm. third anniversary. And me being here on this, I feel honored. I mean, it's always fun. I look forward to it. I look forward. I drove an hour in traffic to be here tonight. So, <laughs> In Nashville, that's five miles. I think 11,000. <laughs> <Now, are you, laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Now, are you doing any comedy now, or are you just covered up with the security gig? Well, it's funny how I keep getting calls to go back and do a lot of stuff. But I, I, I've taken a little break on that for now. The next thing I might have is Tim just called me. Uh, hold on a Ready? Yeah. Ready to pick this one up? Tim Catch Allen. Track. Tim Allen. Uh, <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. To maybe do a guest appearance on his show that okay. he's been telling me for seven years. Because he loves me like a brother, but he has six in him. It's probably the one he doesn't like. That's, you know, right. that's why I'm on there. But uh, Now, I do have a question about that. Yeah. Okay, how many, how many kids in your family? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, I'm the youngest of five. There's three boys, two girls. Okay, you're the youngest. Yeah, there's boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Youngest, yeah. And, uh, and Trey, you're middle child, too, aren't you? Middle of three, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm middle of three. And, uh, and it's always interesting because it seems like the middle child is kind of the child that doesn't, you know, they don't put as much attention as they do on the first or the last one, so the middle one kind of has to entertain their self. I'd be interested to know how many comedians are middle children. Well, I can tell you I've entertained myself a lot over the years, but uh, no, I'm, you know, I would listen to my comedy albums and all, but that's a good question. You, you, you know, it's funny because my brother, there's a lot of years between us, though. He's 14 years older. My sister's 13 years. My other brother's 10. Oh, wow. And then there's me and my sister. But I think what happens is, you know, the family probably financially by the last child is in a better position and probably has more time to spend yeah. with the kids sometimes than that. And that's why, they, you know, it's usually the spur one, too, the, the young one. But how many... Wow, you hit me with some, like, I love when people I, ask me stuff I would never think about, but I have to go with, I think it's either, for some strange reason, I, I'm thinking more last kids. I was think about to say, kids. I think, because the last kid's competing for attention. Yes. So they're the cut up. They're yes. the clown. The clown. Yeah. Yeah. They get more attention paid to them. and Right. They, that, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go with... But you know what? I'm actually going to find out through some of my friends, like... It's going to take a straw poll of the comedy industry. Hold on a second. Get a, get a shovel, because oh, okay. I'm ready. I'm going to ask a few of my friends. I, I really am now to find out, like Ray Romano, Tim Allen, Richard Lewis, and uh, Dave Chappelle, who I love. Dave Chappelle's a great guy. I might have heard of him. Uh, hold on. I'll pick that one up. Yeah. <laughs> Put that one back in my pocket for later. Yeah, you might need that. But that's a great question. Well, we're, you know, we're in a weird era in comedy. Oh, bad, bad. And all, because bad. you got people that are, you know, when we were growing up, when Trey and I were growing up, um, you had people like Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby, who if you just read Richard Pryor's act, you would laugh. Yes. If exactly. you just read, if you read Kevin Hart's act, it's like reading the phone book. It's all performance. Exactly. It's all the way he presents it. Exactly. It's true. It, it, it's Comedy's over the way we knew it. That's why Jerry Seinfeld, who's one of the cleanest in the business, made it just a, like, not even a, a little tiny gay reference. Was, and he got crucified for it, and now he said, done. Yeah. Not playing colleges no more. And then everybody followed. Yeah. You know, Ray, uh, Chris Rock. I put his name down there, too. I forgot to bring him up. A friend of mine. <laughs> Uh, we're going to keep a tally going. Yeah, what am I up to, about 12? Yeah. Uh, so no one will play colleges no more because they don't want that pressure. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. What, what's terrible about that to me, what breaks my heart about that, is that it le leaves this, this huge chasm for young, untalented people to come up and just, you know, MF that 
you know, son of a, you know, and just and just profanity for profanity's sake, nothing but gratuitous, and they get laughs because people are the same age, but yeah. they're not saying anything. No, you, you know, shock value, that's what it is. Carlin used to say stuff, yes. and it resonated with you, and it meant stuff. You know, I'm not a huge fan of most political comedians, but at least with them, they're saying something. You know, they're that's making a, a point. point. And these kids now, they, they, they all tell the same 12 jokes, and they lace them, you know, they say them so fast and lace them so much with profanity that it's just, it's strangely gotten sterile. There's just no innovation well, anymore. Well, you know, it got saturated, too. You know, yeah. when I started many years ago, there was a handful of comics out there. And the new guys, if you saw them at Catch a Rising Star or, or the Improv, you know, you see him in a grocery store. Go, oh wow! I just saw you last week, and you were phenomenal. And you actually, every comic just about knew every other comic in the country. Yeah. It, it, there was a community. Even the people that worked in a comedy club knew comedy. Like you know, the waitresses knew you. Everybody knew you. Was into it. Today, uh, it's everybody's a comedian. Your doctor, your lawyer. Uh, there's. There's not the places to work out like they used to be. Yeah. Now I, I hear like in New York, there's people that you you can open up in the in a candy store, buy the bathroom and just put a backdrop, and they get like 15 people in there, and that's a fact today. And they call it the you know nutty comedy or, yeah. or the candy club, the candy store comedy club. And it, I've never. There's really a lot of unfunny people that. Well, and everybody has an audience through YouTube or Instagram yeah, or Twitter yeah. or whatever. And you end up developing this echo chamber of sorts where people appreciate your brand of humor. And so it just kind of this inflated self-esteem. But it's the same 12 people laughing at your jokes every time. They're not, there's, there's no challenge to, no, I want to make this guy laugh. You know, if you go up on stage and everybody is laughing except for one person, sometimes, you know, you've got to make... You, you've got to reach the person who's not already on your level. Right. You well, want the guy in the giant Shrek head to laugh. Oh, God. I tell you oh. that story last time. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Shrek head in my audience. You, you know what the cruises I loved about? I, I, I had people from India on the ships, China. And they might not understand everything you say, but if comedy is universal, it's funny. Just like silent movies. You didn't say two yeah. words. It was funny. No, right. It's funny 100 years later. And I would get people come up to me. You could hardly speak English, but it was you. It was your mannerisms. Yeah. How you, you were just funny, and they, they loved you. You were hysterical and probably understood maybe half of what I... But they got it. Yeah. Today, what really started happening in around the 90s, too, in the late 80s, is... You know, why people were successful, like Roseanne or Tim Allen or, or, you know, people, they worked that character 15, 20 years on the road. Right. Tough. Then it got so saturated back in the late 80s that they had to fill these shows. That now they were 10,000, you know, the improv, evening at this, that. And they had to fill these. And so a lot of guys only had 10 minutes of material. And they would stick them on there on these shows and that's all they had the 10 minutes now they're supposed to make money now so people want to see them in the clubs yeah. but they couldn't do a 45 minute set yeah I mean God bless Adam Sandler I remember I knew he was going to make it but I, I remember when I met him he, you know he had 10 minutes you know and uh, that's what started happening is there any it, other career in the world where people talk in minutes like that <laughs> 
I've never porn oh, actors. Oh, only when you're talking to comedians. Oh, how many minutes you got? Oh, I got two minutes. Oh, I'm working on a new five minutes. I mean, everything is minutes. It's, it's minutes. like security. Everything is hours. Yeah. How many hours they need? Twelve hours. Okay. In three hours, we'll do nine hours. But in comedy, it is minutes. I, I can remember when I started, and they would give you two, maybe the three minutes, and I had palpitation. Can I do like 35 seconds? <laughs> yeah. And it seemed an eternity. And then when I, as you, years went on, because listen, for anybody thinking about being a comic and, you know, you get these schools that are uh, comedy school and comedy class. Let me tell you something. The only comedy class you'll ever have in your life that's going to make you successful and good is stage time. If it's Stage time. Because what are they going to teach you in, in a comedy? It, the fact that you're in a comedy class, you're already not going to make it. No, no, exactly. Yeah, if you have to go to pay this guy to tell you how to be funny who's that funny, you're in bad shape. Yeah. And, and it's the bad clubs that made you good. I mean, like I told you, we were talking last night, yeah. biker bars I did. I, I, the scariest show was doing in somebody's living room. That one I sat in the car and sat out for 10 minutes with my friend. So I always had a friend come with me, and I said, I, I can't do this. He's like, Jimmy, wall the way here. You know, because it was in the living room. But you go through the fear, and it never turns out that. And I had a great time. They paid me extra. I made tip. They said, "Would you introduce the belly dancer?" But those bad places. Those bad places made you good for the good places, because if you can do that and turn that around. Yeah. But there's there's no. I mean, everybody's sensitive. Safe spaces. They got this. They got that. Once you take the sense of humor away from this country or anywhere, it's over. It, it's over. You know what I mean? Don Rickles, who's my idol. Listen, there's funny things about us. That's what comics do. We take the humor, we, uh, we take the, the humor out of the darkness and the craziness and all that. Once you tie our hands, and I'm going to end with this, guys, because I'm getting on a little, I get real passionate about this, is stop apologizing. Yes. Once you, if, you know, there's a guy, Corella, out there trying to, Educate people. Once you apologize, they win, you lose. Not a dictating to us, see, you're wrong, we're right. No. Right. Comedy is comedy, it's comedy, it's funny, it's meant to be. Right. Polish people are different, Italian people are different, Chinese. We, 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 as long as it's not malicious, it's yeah. funny. Right. You lose your sense of humor. The people that used to be the ones have no sense of humor no more. It's just crazy. It's, you know, we need a safe space. Well, okay. you, know, you look at somebody like Louis C.K., yeah, if you I love go to Louis C.K. and you're not expecting something he does to offend you at some point, why are you, why there? Are you going? <laughs> exactly. You know, his act's built around you that. Know he's going to he stir that emotion. And he's a great guy. I, if you look up uh, Ice Cream, I'm in his first movie when we were all young comics. It's another name. Louis yeah, C.K. Okay. It's 12, 13, 14. But, yeah. you know, exactly. I mean, so, okay, he did what he did. I made a mistake personally, but he's a comedian. If you don't like him, don't go to the show, but don't crucify the guy. I thought in this country you're supposed to be innocent till proven guilty. Right. Today, it scares me even myself. Somebody I dated 30 years ago could just say something. Well, I was... I was and I'm done. Yeah. I was watching an interview, and we'll go to a break here shortly because we're running long, but I was watching an interview with Bill Maher today, and I'm not a huge fan, but... He said something that was really interesting to me. I can't think of another comedian who is more pro-LGBT, pro-immigrants, oh, yeah. pro-the little guy, the underdog. He got under so much fire from the left, who he's squarely That's in camp with, 
because he was talking about the fact that the Muslim culture primarily doesn't agree and align with a lot of these, you know, feminist movements and, and freedom movements and things like that. They had become, and this was the line that I loved, he says, they have become so tolerant that they were tolerating intolerance. Right. And so he got crucified as being anti-Muslim when all he was pointing out was the fact that that's a culture that tends not to be tolerant on certain issues. It's it's mind-boggling. It, it, and you know why? That's why I like guys like Hannity and stuff. As much as they don't like each other, they he, he still said he still has a right to say, you don't make the guy lose his job yeah. over it. You know what I'm saying? Just don't watch him. Like Roseanne, I mean, really? For what she said? It was stupid. But how come she's not a comedian, but some other comic can call the president, daughter and wife, the C-word, and that's okay. We give her a show. Yeah. See, where, where does it balance out? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's wrong. Yeah. It's, For some reason, if you're from Australia, you can use the C-word all you want. Oh, I love Australians, man. They are some of the best audience. <laughs> I mean that sincere. We were number one show there at one time, yeah. too, in Australia, but there were a lot of them would come on the cruises. Oh, okay. Those people are not politically correct. They like to have a good time, drink their beer, and yeah, right. You're yeah. right with that. They, and they can say anything they want, and it's Anything it's awesome. they want. Well, let's face it. They all started as prisoners. Exactly. That's why I like them. <laughs> that's right. How far can you go? Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. It's flying by. When we come back, we got more questions for Jimmy, and we might talk about a cigar or two at some point. I want to tell you, this cigar is smoking beautiful, brother. Excellent. Beautiful. All right, we'll be back with that more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who turned down his invitation to host the Oscars, Mr. Trey Dedman. They're that far down the list, folks. Trey, why did you? I was stunned to hear that you turned them down this year. <laughs> Seriously, what, what, was there? A, was it something personal? Or? Couldn't find a dress that fits. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I like your little white backless number. <laughs> I think the one you're wearing now would have been appropriate, personally. The slit's a little high. You're starting to see a little bit of it. I'm kind of staring a little too much, too. To oh, hair. my God, that's it. We lost all our sponsors. But <laughs> yeah, both of them. Yeah. All three listeners hung up. Tony Cement and Refuge, dear God. Now, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I've got a very important question for you, sure. Jim. This is, a, this is a huge question I've been dying to ask you. What's your 5K time? My 5K time? Yeah. What's your 5K time? Uh, about about 30 minutes on stage. Isn't that about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put it into minutes. I'm going to say about, well, remember, I used to run 30, 40 miles yeah. away. But right now, I'm going to say if I did a nice little 5K, probably 14-minute mile maybe. Probably a 14 minute mile, yeah. so that's you yeah, have 45, 43 minutes. Okay, so I'm well, no, so wait, wait, what would that be? About 43 minutes, yeah, about 43 minutes, yeah, maybe, maybe another minute or two. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, Trey's yeah. been because I'm really proud because I, I realized I walk three miles every day. I said, well, if I go point one more, I'm doing a 5k, so I've been tracking my 5k time. And my 5K times is slow. I travel. Oh, you're talking about I'm walking now, yeah. right? I was talking about jogging. Oh, yeah. See, jogging's no, no, out for okay, me. Okay, that's why I gave you yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was talking, I thought you meant walking about four hours. About four <laughs> hours, give or take. No, but, well, Trey, his is like 20 minutes. 21. Yeah, 21 minutes. Mine's 54 minutes. 
you know what? I would probably. It, it's funny when I get these people. This like my wife. She could walk fast. I don't know why. I, I have to do a slow jog to keep up with her. But I. I yeah. thought that was a New Yorker thing, though. I thought that was it. Every time I go to New York, everyone's walking at a half-marathon pace. Yeah, I, I've slowed down. I've been out of this since yeah. 93. I, I'm, I, I was a southern boy a little bit, you know. California, it's a little slower back Can't here. Can't handle so. the cold, now you walk slow. It's no, just and I come here, now I'm freezing now. In Florida, 63, people going to the hospital. Oh, it's freezing. <laughs> well, and you just bought a motorhome. Yes, and I, all you were showing us pictures last night. I had it now for probably close to a year now. 38-foot diesel pusher. So do you ever regret all the years that you stayed in hotels doing comedy now that you've got the motorhome? I'll be honest with you, yeah, because I, I try to tell people that no matter, I don't care, and I've stayed at the plaza, dropping names now for hotels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dropping locations, I, yeah, not just locations names. now. We'll get it, and then we'll go back to the names. So We'll find out who owns it. <laughs> He's staying at the Motel I, I, I 6 across <laughs> the street tonight. Holiday Inn. Oh. Um, you guys wanted to put me in the Motel 6, remember? And I said, no, it has to be hot. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm paying the balance, though. He wants so to get the points. I'm paying, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I don't care if you stay in a, in a hotel that's $40,000 a night, the presidential suite and all. You did it, and 5,000 people before you slept in that bed. So the beauty of the RV is it's my bed. It's yeah. my mattress. It's my stuff. Your home. Wherever it's you go, It's my home, home, and I, I really, really enjoy it, and I get to take the wife and the dog and the cat. But it's true. You know, no matter how nice a hotel is, it's still that bed has been slept in by thousands of people over yeah. the years. So, ugh, and I, I used to work in hotels. Those sheets aren't as clean as you hope no. they are. And you want to know, they did, did the test with the lights, and they go yeah. around. Do you know most of your big, expensive hotels were worse than even some yeah. of the smaller ones? Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing when you start thinking about. It. But I wondered about that. I wondered if you, you know, if you ever regretted it, because a lot of you oh, know, a I lot wish of I could have traveled now. like this all my life. Well, a lot of athletes have actually extended their career by buying RVs. Oh yeah, because they have a driver and they can take a nap and they can do all. This has nothing to do with cigars or comedy, but I felt like I had to know. <laughs> I mean, well, Trace, do you smoke me. in the RV? How about that? No, <laughs> yeah. you know what I do love about it though. Uh, like now, say I'm in Florida. Well, even if we're going on the road. And we stop overnight somewhere, man. I just get the lounge chair outside, and I smoke that baby away. Yeah. And so, and, and anywhere I'm at with the RV, that's what I do at night. You know, I bring my cigars, and I sit out and look at the stars. And where my place is in Florida, uh, that we stay in the winter now with it, I mean, it, you know, I do a lot of my business on the phone and stuff, yeah. and I'm just sitting out there smoking a beauty. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. So much more. Matter of fact, it was a little cold. Funny thing is, it was a little cold the other night in Florida. They had like yeah, a cold spell for like it. 70 degrees. Yeah, it was like 70. <laughs> so my wife actually let me in the bedroom, opened a little window, and I smoked. Oh. In there, and it, but it was perfect because the air was sucking it right out. You got that but coastal breeze just It was just, it was just the way yeah. the, the side window was. It was just like sucking it out. It was you got, nice. You got a good wife to let you do that. She's a good She's a good woman. I love her. I now, really how long do. have you been married? Uh, what's today's date? Uh, no. Actually, we celebrated November 22nd, 22 years. Wow. 22 years. 22 years. I mentioned Michael Andretti was an usher. My yeah. Wife. Oh, okay. Um, Mario's uh, son. Well, and we had the wedding in Florida where I met her when I lived in California, and I'm glad we had it there because I didn't want a lot of celebrity friends there. Would have took away from her day. You know, the people would have been gawking of all those big names that I yeah. mentioned. That's why I told all my celebrity friends not to show up at my yeah. wedding. I'm yeah. still shocked with you with the, uh, you know, because even Kevin Hart, I heard, tried to talk you into hosting me. 
this year. Well, he left you, such a big gap. I mean, there's not it's small shoes to I fill. Think, but don't you sure? Do you think he would have done a phenomenal job? I, I think he'd done a great job. I think I think he'd look great. I think he'd have done great. Although, but I, all jokes aside, I think it would be hilarious if they would just pick some bum off the street. <laughs> Put him in a tuxedo and say, "Here you go. Here's some cue cards. Let's just everybody up there like trying trying to be all polite. Like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, absolutely. I saw. And it. just go up there and say, "Hey, Trump," and it killed. Yeah, it killed. Exactly. They'll laugh at anything he say. He would go to the bathroom on stage and go, "Put it back, Barack." It's like the the Tuttle episode of Mash. Yeah, you know, you just invent somebody. Yeah, you yeah. just invent somebody. <laughs> and oh yeah, I had lunch with him yesterday. No oh, problem. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're working on a, a screenplay together. We're, we're got got I, an option. I, I got to admit, man, when I, I, I wish over the years, like I said, most of my career I got to smoke on stage. But, you know, when I got into cigars, my father's a cigar smoker. That's how, uh, that's all he ever did. He had a cigar in his mouth. He smoked the Nobles and Palumbos. They're, they're old Italian cigars. Look uh-huh. like dry turds. You, dry, you light it 80 times. But he ne- I don't remember the man without it. And when he passed, I, got, I found his last box of cigars, and it had one left in it. And that's what I have. I had it framed, the oh, mask on, awesome. and a picture of him and his sisters. But that was my father, was that cigar. Yeah. And sometimes I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm sitting there at night going, Jesus, I feel like my father. <laughs> so what's your go-to stick? Since this is called the Cigar Cast, we ought to ask at least one cigar question. Oh, is that what we're doing? Oh, man, I'm yeah. enjoying the cigar. I'll be honest with you. This well, is, cool. What's uh, your go-to well, stick? What do you I, reach I, for? I, I, well, let me just say this, too, because I know him personally. Perdomo Cigar. If you're looking for quality, Perdomo's a great cigar. 99.9% of the time, it'll draw good. It's got a good cigar. So I occasionally have a little Perdomo, but my real go-to cigar is uh, I'm a, a, a Liga guy. I, I, I'm mainly a Liga uh, T52. I'll throw a nine in once in a while to break it up, but that's really my go-to cigar today is a Liga. Liga. I was wondering that. I was wondering kind of because you end up having to mail order a lot of your stuff. Yeah, and I was wondering what what if availability ever becomes an issue. Well, it's so easy to get. You know, I, I order sometimes from him, eighty dollars more buck sometimes. But oh, he's sure. but you know what? He's a good. I call him kid. It's this was my home base, so and I'll order for me and some people. I order sometimes. I just ordered one like three weeks ago from him, a box for somebody. So what's so, the nicest cigar that somebody ever gifted you besides the one I gave you? Well, tonight? you, you want to know something? <laughs> I, <laughs> This is really good. I paid $100 recently. A guy, these were supposed to be special, and they were, I think it was a Cohiba. It was $100 a cigar. And I don't know if I got a bad one or not, and I couldn't wait. But I got to just say this. It was horrible. I know you're asking me, what was your favorite? I'm telling you, it was like, I had an aneurysm almost trying to draw on this thing. I just couldn't believe it It was a hundred. But I had to do it. The guy had like a box of them, and I was like, give me one of those. But the... Best cigar somebody gave me? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, that I, it would really be the league for me because I started these about four years ago in Detroit. There's a friend of mine, uh, Jimmy Jackson, put that name down there, NBA player for 12 years, good-looking guy. Met him on a celebrity golf tournament. My friend Steve Scoles out in Detroit. We used to go to Churchill, and this is about Five years ago, before you could get leaguers almost anywhere, they were selling out. Like, And those are the guys that really got me when they bought me a Liga and got me into it. And that's when I mentioned here about getting them. So, and, and over the years, it's become a lot easier yeah. a lot easier to get. But I have to say that 
somebody might have given me a more expensive cigar, but that was the cigar that impressed me the most. Yeah. Well, that's it's funny because it's often that way that somebody it's not necessarily the price or even the quality of the cigar. It's that somebody gave you something that was you know really meant a lot to them. It did. And you got to enjoy it with them. It did. And these guys are real. I mean, Jimmy Jackson in his house has a cigar lounge in his house with the you know he had his own air system and also you wouldn't even know that anybody smoked cigars there. And my friend Steve just put one in his house in Detroit. I mean, you have to have it for the yeah. winter. So, uh, yeah, yeah. In Detroit, you just hope summer hits uh, on the weekend. I, I, you know, I've been to celebrity golf tournaments, too, over the last six years. The best part is some of them, you go there, and every other hole, there's just boxes of cigars. Oh, I mean, yeah. top of the line. You just, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Too. There was one about four years ago. It was in Detroit. The guy was a millionaire that ran it. I forget the names. Me, <laughs> me and my buddy Steve brought hefty bags. And just loaded <laughs> up. I'm not kidding you, man. Because we were like, well, they're going to take him back. <laughs> and I must have had at least 40, 40. He probably had about 70 of them. I gave half of mine because I had to travel anyway. And I figured, I told him when I come here, he keeps, you know, he has the cigar lounge downstairs now. So he keeps buying for me there. But there was no shame. <laughs> need, a ga- you- need a gas lighter? <laughs> That's when you want to be the last guy on the course, so you know that there's no one coming behind you. I mean, we almost looked at each other almost shamefully. And then then it was, how many did you get? (laughs) You're like kids after you come home from trick-or-treating. We were kids in a candy store, a cigar candy store. But there's nothing better than when I was on the road with other celebrities. I love the athletes and all, mainly, too. And you would, you know, we're all hanging out morning, noon, and night, just smoking cigars, man, till 2, 3 in the morning. Just, it's a great, it's a great feeling, man. Now, have you gone to Fellowship in Atlanta yet to Cam Newton's new cigar lounge? No. Okay. No, and a matter of fact, I'll be passing through. I have an office there, too, in Atlanta. You know, my big business I have makes a lot of money. Well, and business. That, that's Put what's that interesting in. is you've got you've got such a motor. Mm. You've had the you know you've had a career in comedy in Hollywood that people would kill for and have killed for, but you're still out there killing it and dragging it in. You're still going out and you're starting security companies and Thank you've got you, all buddy. these other businesses. Mm. What what gave you this motor? Uh, cocaine. Oh, okay. No, I'm just going to say. It was the 80s. <laughs> you know what was so bad back then? They would tell comics, you want white, or you want to be painted in white or green. That's oh, how bad it was. And praise <laughs> God, I never got it. Yeah, seriously, man. Yeah. And guys would say, give me the white, you know? But, uh, you, you know, life's about change. There's seasons. And, and the way the business was changing and, and, and the travel is the worst part, really, you know? Even though I, I mentioned I fly first class. Yeah. But, uh you know, I've always had, most of my friends have been cops. And it's funny, they were either in the mob or cops, same thing. And <laughs> an opportunity came that presented itself. And, I, and at my age, I felt it's always good to have something to fall back on. Because the business, I mean, you see it today, right. mega stars, yeah. bankrupt, and you wonder how. Yeah. It's the old, the more you make, the more you spend. They, get, they got agents, they got lawyers, they got publicists, they got this, and they're buying islands and 14 houses. They, they just think it's going to come in forever, and it doesn't. Yeah. Well, because comedy is so fickle. 
Yeah. You know, like we were just talking about earlier, uh, you know, how, how the scene changes, but also what's funny changes. Oh, my you goodness, know? yes. And, yeah. and, you know, and I think that's what's so remarkable about people like Pryor and Steve Martin and these guys that you, you listen to stuff from the 70s and 80s. And it still kills. It's it's fri- like the old timers too. Yeah, how's that regular? Rickles, Rickles is my idol. Yeah, but you know, saying like my energy is just I enjoy starting something and building something and see the success of it. And the best part about what I'm doing now and my business is you know I have offices all over the country, and we have thousands of guards. And to treat people good, to be able to treat them and pay them better than other companies that everybody wants to work for us now, it's an incredible feeling. When you realize how many families are depending on that and you treat people good, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I really enjoy it. So that's like my career, starting from the bottom, watch, growing it. I, I have the excitement again in, the, in my security business. Well, and that's, it's interesting because I've known a lot of really successful people in my life. And that's the one thing when you ask them, what makes you want to do this? It's never... Well, I wanted to be I wanted to be president. I wanted to be CEO. It's always I wanted to see this person do well. I started this yes. so I could see this guy do well. I started it for the, it's never I did it for me. It's always I did it for the world abroad. It's, and it's true, you know. I, I mean, this is I give God all the credit. We probably lost another six sponsors, but I give God all the credit in my life because sometimes when you're pushing so hard and the doors ain't opening, He's trying to tell you something that maybe there's something else. Yeah. And it took me a while, and then even living here, how I moved to Brentwood, I realized that I never met my two partners, and this opportunity all happened. And uh, that part of my life has made me meet people that most people could never meet because of being Benny on Home Improvement and, and my success on that. So, and, and you know, I mean, if you get into the Bible, it even tells you treat your work as good because technically you are only as good as your workers. Yeah. So you have to treat them good. And it's not, and I say this sincerely, and I used to, I've done this even in my showbiz career. It was never about the money. Right. It was, I always felt if you kept the spiritual first, the material follows. If that's not your focus the money, it, it, it follows. And I got so involved in this business, we've grown that even people, accountants, our lawyers, they can't believe the growth in three years. And I not once sit down and think about when I get that, because I'm going to make 10,000. Yeah. It just comes, you know? And, and I have people to let me know. One of my partners is CPA. One of my partners is a chief of police in Nashville. You know, so uh, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed that way. I really am. It's pretty amazing, and I, and I, you know, when we talk, when we come back to comedy and talk about it, I miss punchlines. What happened to punchlines? It seems like nobody anymore. You know, it's it used to be set up, set up, set up punchline, but You're it just so seems right. to have died. It, it ha- and, and people like Dane Cook, God bless him, nice guy, <clears throat> really want a whole different way. Sometimes they tell these stories about their shoe, and it goes nowhere. Yeah, it's my shoe, and then the foot swelled up, and the shoe didn't go on, and then and then my sock was over. But and if then you the shouted at them, they laugh. Well, he he was brilliant as far as marketing. Yeah. He took the college market and had an incredible follow. But here's the thing. I remember my brother calling me up and saying, Jimmy, who is this guy? He's, a, he's not funny. He's a, like you said, there's no punch. Listen to him. He's more of an improv guy. That's what he right. did in Boston when I was headlining there. He looked, belonged to a little, headli- you know, little troop there. But he just rambles. So, okay, that was great for the college kids whatever he was talking to them about. But once he got into the public, to the average person, yeah. 
how long did his career really last as far as stand-up? Not too long at all. No. Where he became a punchline to other comics. Yeah. Uh, and to even people that don't really know and study comedy. Like, even just your average knows that Dane Cook is a is a punchline now as being someone who, who made it big without being funny. Um, I've, I've actually got another comic I want to ask your opinion on, but I'll sure. save it for off the air just because I don't want to no, get I'll say, in. No, I don't care. Um, I don't care. Maniscalo. They're apologize. all afraid of me anyway. <laughs> I don't uh, Maniscalo, are you familiar with him? Oh, you've got, he's the hottest thing out right now. He's selling out. But again, I don't think he's funny at all. He's got the same like. I was doing that thirty years ago. Yeah, uh, it's it's all shtick. It's all that fake Italian New York accent, and I, and and he's just it's shouting and rambling. You know, I mean, to be really honest, I mean, look, who likes who? This one yeah. don't like that one. But uh, I heard about him, and he is the hottest comic guy. Right, he sells the garden out, Madison and theaters. And I saw about one bit he had that made a lot of sense to me was funny. And I seen him, but it was a clip for about five minutes. We were talking about where you have company come over. And that was genius. That was good. And I don't, sometimes uh, it's hard to watch another comic. So I said, let me watch his whole Netflix thing. And I got to be honest, that, that clip, because I thought, man, I'm going to see this thing. I'm going to be dying. This, this clip was good. But to carry that for 45 minutes an yeah. hour. It's tiring. It, it, it was, I was like, okay. Great, not yeah. bad, but I, I know guys, we call them road warriors, that kill. Guys like Joey Cola, that you know, you might, but he, he's the warm up king in New York. Joey Cola, um, this Johnny Rizzo, Al Romero, Cuban comedian from Miami. These guys that have done this Guido show with me over the years are, are just absolute killers. The difference is they never got they never got the break. That's a that's a name you haven't dropped yet. What's that? <laughs> oh my! No, oh. <laughs> well, we're gonna bring it up. Uh, Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live, very good friend of mine. That's fifteen. <laughs> but you, you know, when I saw the guy, honest to God, I mean, God bless him. You, you know what Al Mero always told me? The difference of us and them: management, representation, representation. That's what, God bless Ray Romano, who to me I consider a dear friend and the nicest guy in show but the best guy of all my friends. He's solid, you know. But um, you know he got lucky. Uh, David Letterman loved him, right? And he produced his show, and they stuck with it. Yeah. But you're right. This guy, you know, people have been calling me. I'm going, Jimmy, you did that 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know what you picked up? What you said? The genuine of the accent. Yeah. It's, it changes, have you know? If, yeah. As if you listen close, but I mean, hey, I'm not, praise, if, if it works, it works. Praise uh, God, I've never been an envious guy, yeah. and I mean that sincerely. God bless the guy for what he's got, but sometimes you do scratch your head. Yeah, because that's the thing. I don't begrudge anybody for becoming successful. You know, Larry the Cable Guy is another one that that kind of uses a character to become a persona. Right. And, but it works, and and it works, and more power to you if it does. Um, but uh, then there's the guys, like you said, the Pryors, the Collins, the, 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 the Cosbys, and all these people that can live on and live on. You could, Abbott and Costello. Yeah. I've watched the movie 9,000 times. They're, they still make me laugh. Yeah. How many movies today could you watch as many times as movies like that? What about Cinder? Where you laugh just as hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cinderfella oh, my or goodness. Duck Soup. Oh, I my mean, goodness. Yeah. Jerry Lewis, uh, that was one of the big hot, another name. Yeah. <laughs> 16. 
I, I got to hang with him for an hour oh. after Pat Cooper's show, and I, 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 it's one of the highlights of my career. I, I was mesmerized for an hour. I don't think I've ever been jealous of a name you've dropped more than that one right there. That it, is, it was, and it was, and I just opened for Tim at that theater at the Westbury in Long Island. It's, it's three thousand seat theater in a round, and the stage turns very slowly oh, around. Wow. And so Thursday, I did two shows that six thousand people, and Jerry was there with Pat Cooper. <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday night, and. Of course, I got invited, and everybody knew me at Westbury, not a security and all, and they invited me back, and it was just me, Pat, Pat's oh. wife, my girlfriend, and there comes, just took a shower, comes in, he's got his slippers on, one says left foot right, and I looked at him, he went, Aah. and I sat there mesmerized for an hour listening to stories yeah. about him and Pat and, and things, and, and he, he was incredible to me. It, it was a highlight of my career. It's Jerry Lewis. Yeah. He's the king, well, and Jerry that's, And that's scary. It's scary to meet your heroes. You know, Trey and I were talking about this after the show that uh, they're not. It's really scary when you talk when you start getting ready to meet a hero because you're like, okay, what if he's a jerk? How's exactly. that going to impact the rest of my life? That's why they tell you sometimes you don't want to meet your idol. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's with Don Rickles. Don Rickles is my idol all, all the way. Don Rickles was my guy that sent me through the roof. And a lot of people used to call me the Italian Don Rickles. But I have a little bit of him in me. We were talking about I got a little bit yeah. of Rickles, uh, a little bit of Pat Cooper, a little bit of uh, Rodney. But you, you take, the, you can't help it. You're not taking them. You grow up with it and it comes inside you, but yeah. it comes out as you. Yeah. As long as it's you, though, it's coming out. But there's parts of it. And people will see the little parts of it. Oh, you mind me? Oh, you, you know. But um, what was the question? Well, okay. <laughs> well, I, so I do have another hard question for you. Oh, uh, you got so, He gives me good ones, though. Never. Well, this was interesting to me because when I did the podcast, I was talking to Joey um, with Keller Williams, biggest real estate company in the world, mm. Keller Williams. And they went to the super high level. Can I use that name to drop now? Sure. By okay, all go means. ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, um, the super high level training session. So all of these agents are there. They're the best in the country, and they brought an improv coach in to teach them how to sell. And all, how much? How much do you think your comedy has helped your ability to sell this security to sell whatever you're doing? Immensely. People like to let. Number one, the biggest thing in sales is trust. That's the number one hurdle. And uh, and I don't. I don't try. It just happens. You know what I mean? But it's helped me tremendously. People, I have a guy that runs a $30 billion company that when we go out in person or on the phone, never laughs as hard as he laughs with us. We get our business done, but the it's like a relief for him with this guy. He's a crisis management guy for a $30 billion company. It helps tremendously. That's my answer. It really does. So kind of playing off of that a little bit, this is the question I wrote down earlier. We had something happen just before the show started, and I'm curious, have you noticed when people get around you that there are certain people that feel this just unrelenting urge to have to be funny around you? Have you noticed that? Yes. Does that bother you at all? Do you, is it kind of flattering? To be honest, it depends on the person. It depends on the person. Uh, if you just, when people are trying too hard to, now I know some people really get a thrill if they can make me laugh. Then they, they but it really depends on, on, on the person. There are people that uh, I just can't be around. 
yeah. and including other comics. There's some guys that just don't know how to get off, and they got to constantly top each other. Very insecure. Yeah. I've always had a, you know, when we hung out, a bunch of us, I always knew enough. I knew enough that when somebody was on, let him be on. Yeah. Let him have the show that night. And that's the problem with a lot of people, comics, is they have to keep topping each other. Right. And I hated that. You know? And that's why I had my core friends yeah. out there uh, as comics, because we just, you know, we just, we insult each other. My wife always said, you guys are so mean. You guys are so mean with each other. But which only because we love each other. We respect each other. Don't you come here and try to right. get in our little circle. You have to earn that. But yeah. it, it, to answer your question that took me 40 minutes to answer. Uh, <laughs> I would expect it, nothing it, less. There's nothing more annoying than... <laughs> There's nothing more annoying than somebody just trying to be funny. Yeah. It, it, it really bugs well, me. It goes back to that genuineness thing that we were talking about yeah. last night and earlier tonight. You know, it's it, it, what comes across to most people, it kind of goes back to that trust thing, is if you're being you. And people can see right through that. If you're trying too hard or if you're trying to be somebody that you're not, people see right through that. Well, a lot of guys, when I would uh, would pick me up from the airport and I'm headlining somewhere, were always, you know, especially I was from Hollywood, would always expect me to be a little standoff. You know, and I'd hear stories. Like, there was this one guy, for some reason, me and him kept, he'd be there a week before me, too. And, and they said, and the guy, to me, is not fun. I'm not going to say names, but, and hyper. Very quiet off stage. You couldn't talk to him a half hour before. He'd pick you up there. He wouldn't talk to you. But when he got on stage, it was like he became uh, a bipolar. I mean, high screaming energy, zero funny. Zero. My wife actually asked me, gave me his DVD, and five minutes, I'm not kidding, could you shut that off, honey? It's annoying me. And so when people see that I'm just a regular guy, I never played my celebrity that way. Because who are, you know what I mean? I, I just enjoy being who I am. It's easier to be yourself than have to be somebody else. Yeah. And people see that. We're not dumb. The average oh, yeah. person, you know, like I can tell when a guy's giving a speech. I would be a great motivational speaker because I have the passion for it. My wife said your biggest gift is being a motivator, really. You know, encouraging. You're an encourager. And you could tell when a guy's speaking up there, he's speaking either from here or he's speaking here. It's just he's yeah. reading from a book. He could yeah. get two, two things about you, you know? Like pastors. I mean, let's face it. There's a guy that really believes in what he's saying, and there's another guy just looking to see how much he can get. Yeah, write the check. Plate. I'll yeah. say whatever I got to say. Just write the check. You, you know. Yeah. It's called so, the sermon, by the way. When you traveled and people asked you what you did, did you tell them you were a comedian or did you tell them something else? No, I, 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 there was a time I was real proud. I always told them. I'm a com- the best was when I was on f- on the plane 20 years ago, and they would play reruns of Home Improvement, and I said to the people, oh, my goodness, that looks just like me. And they said, yeah, that's you. I said, no, it's that. You know, it yeah. freak them out. But, uh, yeah, I always was very proud of that. But it's funny now, I just say I own a security company, and I'm, like, as proud as that now and this part of my life. It, 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 I'd be on- I'm going to say this because I, I love you guys, and I, I feel comfortable saying this. I'm almost like I'm not proud of saying comedy. It's, it sounds almost childish to me now because it doesn't mean what it, it used to mean. When you were a comic, you were a comic. Yeah. And there wasn't 7,000 of us. Now, to be honest with you, you know, I'll say more I'm an actor. Comedy, just using the words, doesn't, I don't respect it anymore. Right. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just, I don't, it doesn't mean to me what it used to mean in right. the business. That's all. Well, it's been great having you. About time to wrap up the show. It's no. flown by. I know. It's terrible. Oh, my Trey, goodness. Trey's been we, over there giving me time signals. I thought he was giving you the finger. I didn't know what the. <laughs> well, he's telling him to steal third. <laughs> Yeah, he, he does wow, that often. I hate also, that. I could do this all night with you guys, man. We we. Okay. So part two of the cigar yeah. cat. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go. You know, right folks, write in. Let us know that we should all three of us be together and do a show. You know what? That's what I'm feeling tonight. These guys are great. Support them. Really support this show. Let your friends know about it. Whatever. Just, it's worth it. Support this show. Spread the word. Word of mouth's the best advertising. But these are the real deals. I wouldn't be here. These guys are two of the real deal here. And they really care about cigars and about people. And uh, just support them. Well, just to, just to wrap it up with something about cigars, tell me what you think of the session. I am really impressed. So the, I, I, I wasn't expecting just a whole lot from this cigar. And the reason for that, in, in the beer world, session beers are beers that are brewed with a lower alcohol content so that you can drink them all night. So I was expecting that this to be kind of in that style of, of intended to be a cigar that is really light and that you can just kind of, you know, have a couple back to back. It wasn't like that at all. Uh, it, lots of flavor. I'd say it's a five and three quarters, almost six. Oh, it's a, it's it's a good phenomenal. cigar. I've always enjoyed that cigar. Uh, Jimmy, pass that over there to Paul. Would you mind if I drop one more name? Oh, by all means. My best friend in life is here, Paul. I won't use his last name, but he's married to Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live. And I want everybody to pray for him tonight out there in the world. Now, pray for But, Paul, would you say, you want to talk about a guy that smokes cigars? This guy smokes more than the three of us all together. And who's personal friends with Nick Perdomo. And would you just say hello to and let the world know how happy you are? Yellow. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah. I'm just so thrilled to be here. I haven't seen Jimmy in a while. One of my best buds in the whole world, man. And it's good to walk in and, and get that. that but talk that, into the mic, okay? That, That's why your wife's in show. That aroma. I'm afraid our lips are going to touch. <laughs> Maybe I'm afraid they're the not. First time. <laughs> nah, it's great to be here, man. I haven't been here in a while. Yeah, no, we don't get to see you around here anymore. You see, you came in here all the time. We just don't get to see you as no, much. No, I've been, uh, I've been uh, a little, a little indisposed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got my elderly mother moved up here from Miami about a year ago. So I, uh, two to three nights a week, I'm taking her dinner, having dinner with her. I work part time, uh, three nights, sometimes four a week, and uh, so it's just been, uh, just been buried. Let me ask you a question. Speaking of buried, buried. Let's talk about your marriage. What would you, and you know, I love it. We've been friends. We, we met in Colorado 20 years ago, worked there. If you had to sum up. It was magical. Yes, it was. It was magical. But what, what would, if you had to sum up. Love it first, buddy. What's it like being married to a celebrity as big as her? What, what, what word, if you had to use one word, or maybe you can't, it's probably hard. You'd have to use two. But what would you, how would you sum up being married to this famous celebrity and all that? What, what? Silence. No. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. That's she's a, she's an incredible person. She's uh, creative, smart, obviously very beautiful, uh, and um, it's it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been but, a lot of fun. And I will say, she is that you don't you're not you got to have talent. Be six years on Saturday Night Live. She is incredible. Yeah, she is, we we went on a road together she's for a months. Unique to, talent, she's definitely. Unique. And so is your daughter. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I was surprised she didn't dogs. go in there, but she's still young enough. We'll get her in there. Yeah. But I could tell these guys were getting to that time. And you should have came earlier because you we were on last time we were on here. And, I know. I know. I know. But this is what I'm talking about, folks. This is one of my best friends coming here tonight. We're going to smoke cigars till about 3, 4 in the morning. And then Vic's going to leave you then. Yeah. You Straight know, to the divorce attorney. Right to the divorce attorney. Call. You got everything. Got him on call. But Speed would dog. you just yeah. say about these guys too, real quick? Are these the real deal or what? Are oh, these yeah, two of the best guys? For, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hardcore, man. Hardcore. <laughs> well, I'm sorry we went over 40 <laughs> minutes. Cigar lovers here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're right at home here, man. God bless you guys. A lot of success. Thank and you so much, I Jimmy. think we should do something together. Right in, folks. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jimmy, for being with us tonight. Until and Congratulations on your third anniversary. Thanks. Yes, we appreciate thank that. And on until next week, everybody have a great cigar and think well of us.